Welcome to The Founder's Mind. This is your host, Adam Mutchler. On today's episode, I have Ginny O, founder of The Wander Agency. Ginny started Wander as a freelance writer. One client after another, she realized the business was growing and found herself building a profitable and successful digital design and development agency. Listen in and pick up some of the invaluable lessons Ginny has learned along the way and take her advice to heart as she's truly learned by doing. Ginny, welcome to The Founder's Mind. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on at the moment and what you're up to. So saying that I am trying to step away from Wander after um, trying to grow it a little bit more. Um, so I'm hoping that later by later this year, um, you know, the company will be completely autonomous of myself. And um, I want to get to a point where I could then start creating content. Um, but I think that's kind of like my own personal ideal goal. Sure. And what is what is Wander for those that are listening and may not be as familiar? Sure. Um, so Wander, we're a software design and development company. Uh, we mainly focus on helping startups uh, basically start from ground up uh, to stay very lean as possible. Um, and to certain uh, clients, we also are trying to provide fundraising options for them as well. And so that'll be a new service starting 2018. How are you providing fundraising services? Yeah, so two ways. For one, uh, we're trying to uh, connect our current clients that are fundraising to potential investors. Um, Mm -hmm. And then two, we're hoping to go and raise our own funds so that we're able to provide that option for our clients um, so that we're buying equity into their startups while we're also providing them with services. That sounds like a pretty uh, pretty exciting transition going on then. Yeah, I feel like we really invest into our client projects. We not only put in our time and effort to it, but you know we want them to succeed. So it's you know why not invest in their success? Yeah, no, I love that. What um what got you started on Wander? Um, so it was very random it wasn't ever like i wanted to go set up a shop um or, or an agency or anything like of that type for me my number one goal uh about three and a half years ago was traveling like i was so addicted to traveling and uh, it was right around the time that i had just finished grad school and i never wanted to get a full-time job i knew in my head that i wanted to start my own company for the freedom to travel um but i just didn't know exactly what yet um i had a failed i had a couple failed startup at that point and so um I was just freelancing I figured I'll just freelance and make some money on the side until I figured out what kind of next big idea to start um and I just that idea never popped into my head (laughs) so I just kept on freelancing I started out as a content writer I literally my first client paid me I think um like $30 $30 or $15. I can't remember, but it was just dirt cheap for, to next to nothing to write three articles. Um, and that's kind of how I built up my portfolio. I was doing content writing and that client wrote me a, a phenomenal review. And um, after each review, I got to raise my price. Uh, so I started from, from, you know, I think that ended up being like three or four dollars per hour to now uh, <laughs> what we're charging our clients today. Um, at some point, I switched from uh, content writing to UI UX design because I have a graphic design background and um, I kind of got tired of writing articles for other people and I love design more. Um, so I switched over. 
Um, and uh, I got to a point where I wasn't really freelancing anymore. I was kind of, I started to create my own team and, um, you know, handing off a lot of the works to other designers and developers. Uh, so about a year and a half ago, that's when I uh, founded Wander. So I think June of 2016 is when we incorporated. Nice. And how did you, how did you take that initial step in, in going beyond just you and starting to hand off work and creating a team? Uh, it was pretty early on. So I think after three or four months of freelancing, um, I realized I, there are better designers out there than myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, hired my first designer to just enhance what I was working on um, and learning from them. And I started to realize like I'm much better at client facing and managing than I am at doing the actual design and the development work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, er, it was earlier on when I started to um, bring on contractors and those contractors then ended up becoming full time with us at Wander. When we incorporated. I always think this is an interesting uh, part when you, especially when you're doing like freelance entrepreneurial endeavors like you're talking about what so maybe tipping point is not the right perspective but was there a moment and if if so what was it where you realized that this was something that was going to grow and potentially stick because you mentioned that you had a couple endeavors in the past that didn't really stick i don't think it was until probably i want to say like june of this year uh so just just like five months back. Um, <laughs> so about a year after you officially incorporated? Yeah, even after, because incorporating was just more so to be legitimate to our client. Sure. Um, but I was still waiting for that idea to pop in my head, like, oh, like this is a great next billion dollar idea that I'm going to go <laughs> start and fundraise for. And so I, this was still kind of like a side uh gig for me in my head like okay this is the way that I'm gonna make money until that next idea comes um so it wasn't until like May or June of this year where I realized like oh I should just put all of my focus into growing wander like why am I spending so much time trying to create another um startup or invest in an idea when this is what's a cash cow like I need to put all of my focus <laughs> all of my resources all of my energy into this and grow it and then um once it's at a point where you know I could step away that's when I should go and invest my idea or or my time into um developing a new startup I think there's a really interesting point behind that that for me where that is around where is the energy coming from and putting your energy in that direction, right? If, if people might call it traction, you can call it a lot of things, but you know, that, that feeling of wander was bringing in a lot of energy or cash and having that switch where you said, Oh, this is where I need to be right now. So I, th I always find that interesting. Yeah. I mean, there were serious, seriously days um, earlier on this year where I just didn't get out of bed. I was, so tired and just so defeated. Um, I felt like I had no money in the bank. Um, I was just, I felt burnt out um, earlier on this year. I still have moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. But now, like, if, you know, if I don't get up, then it's kind of like, you know, I'm setting a bad example to my team. Um, and I've gotten to a point with Wander where it kind of feels like a full-time job. I work 
uh, from like 8 a.m. onwards. Uh, whereas before it was just kind of like, oh, I'll just work whenever. Like I can just, you know, like I can respond to my clients tomorrow. But now it's like I have to work full time. Um, but I would say like the energy, it definitely does come with the traction. Um, you know, when there's nothing happening, it, it just, it really drains um it really drains your energy. Yeah. Just feeling like, am I doing something wrong? Um, and you're always questioning um, your abilities as an entrepreneur. Uh, and then once you start seeing traction and that's when you're like, oh, okay, I am actually doing something right. Uh, like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you, know so you mentioned that there are days that you didn't get out of bed and there, there are moments where, you know, obviously you have a lot of doubt, like a lot of founders, um, when you're trying to drive this train forward. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have any practices or do you have any practices that help you get out of that moment or is it just when traction hits? Um, it's just being consistent. Um, you know, I, at this point, I know in the back of my head that whenever something goes wrong, just, I always have to stay calm and just keep working through the problems because if I just stop, then every, that's when everything starts to fall apart. But if I just keep tackling out a problem, no matter how hard it seems or no matter how long it seems to take, um, traction is going to happen no mm-hmm. matter what. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing special that I do to um, get out of that, you know, uh, low energy phase is just just powering literally just powering through it <laughs> <laughs> no pain no gain no pain no gain yeah <laughs> one of the questions I have up here is uh, could you share a challenge that you faced in getting up and running uh, and how did you navigate that challenge good question um, I think that that kind of goes back to my LinkedIn post. I think the biggest challenge for me has always been um, operational cash, uh, just because like I never had any savings when I was starting the company. It was just I, you know, incorporated because I felt like it was at a good point to incorporate. Um, and then I realized going from a freelancer to actually setting up a business, it takes up a lot of uh, fixed costs and a lot of reoccurring monthly uh, costs as well that I just wasn't prepared for. Um, so all of that went straight to my personal credit card. And I think that was a big challenge for me because it's like in my head, I knew like it was just going to take me a few months to pay off everything. But it was just kind of like that constant like feel of like, ah, oh, shit, like I have no money. <laughs> like it, it was, it's just like a year and a half of feeling like a poor college student. Oh God. <laughs> so especially living in LA, it's not cheap here. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big challenge because I don't ever want my team to know that we're struggling. Like that I want, I always wanted that burden to fall on me, um, no matter what, like, and it's a, it's a big, um, it's a big stress to have, especially as a, you know, a, a young 25 year old, um, entrepreneur. Like, I don't, I don't want to be worrying about that. Like I want to go out and party with my friends, but it's, I can't cause I'm worried about like where my next, um, uh, where my next paycheck is coming from, you know? Yeah. So what, um, I think, I think it's interesting talking about not wanting your team to know that, you know, if there's a, if there's an issue like that, is it about not knowing or is it, you know, you don't want them to be concerned? Uh, so that was actually quite a bit of a debate on LinkedIn. Um, I was looking through all the commentators and, uh, they, 
some of the negative comments was that that was very irresponsible of me as a leader to not let my team know. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I just have to argue that like, it wasn't that I was trying to hide anything from my team. Mm-hmm. It was just that in the back of my head, I knew everything was going to be okay. It was just, um, just a matter of time, uh, time that was going to you know, cost me personally. But it yeah. shouldn't. It, but that cost should never be on the team. That should never burden what we're doing operationally. Um, you know, if I knew that like we were gonna go under or the company was gonna fall apart, then of course I'm gonna tell my team uh, sure. what's going on. But if I if I knew that I, we were gonna be okay, then I didn't want to put that stress on them. Yeah, I mean, there's there are always different ways of approaching pain points and different situations, you know, with a company or professionally. And there's often more than one right answer. Right. Looking at the startup space and obviously working with a lot of startups and different founders, what would you say one of the biggest issues facing startups is today from your perspective? Um, just based on some of the founders that we've worked with, I think people just kind of romanticize the idea of becoming the next Snapchat or Facebook, um, like that's what they aim to do rather than trying to solve a real issue. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why I personally like working with B2B clients rather than B2C clients. Um, B2B clients are a lot more realistic about their goals (laughs) and what they want to do. You know, it's great to think big, but at the same time, like they need to realize um, that in order to become something big, you have to start somewhere very small. Uh, you know, start somewhere where it's lean, it's low risk. Um, make sure you gather a lot of feedback and target market, um, uh, like testing as well. People people overlook testing so much. Like you don't test, you're gonna you're you're gonna fail. If you don't test, you don't, you're gonna fail. Um, because you're not, you're not, you don't know what your target market wants. And a lot of founders don't realize that they're like, Oh, this is what, this is the problem. This is what I'm going to do to solve it. And they just forget like, well, are you solving it for yourself or are you solving it for a market? If you're solving for a market, make sure you're going out there and testing. And I think that's something that's definitely overlooked. What's one of the better pieces of advice you've received as a founder? Um, so this was an advice that my advisor gave me. The first conversation I've ever had with my um, advisor, um, he, and this is the reason, probably one of the reasons why I wanted him to, wanted him to be our advisor for our team. He told me that, you know, uh, and I, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, at the time, this was when everything was going through my credit card. Now it just felt like, our operations were not as smooth as it could be. So I focused most of my time trying to fix what was happening, happening internally. And because of that, our sales kind of hit, um, you know, took a bit of a hit on that. And he told me, uh, whatever you do operationally um, is only going to make your company marginally better. But if you can focus all your time and energy into sales, that's what's going to make your business um, from, you know, uh, like a six-figure business to a seven-figure business to an eight-figure business. Um, and, you know, whatever happens in operations, sometimes you got to let those flames burn. Um, but as a, as a founder, like, your number one priority should be on sales. Um, and I took that advice and I just kind of ran with it. And that's, 
literally kind of how we were able to pull ourselves out of that big financial burden. <laughs> yeah, you out you outsold the financial burden. Yeah. And I think the flip side also, the other side of that, not the flip side, um, is clearly you have, you know, good good product, good services, um, right. something that you can keep selling. Right, right. Because I think that there's also the notion, you know, if you have a half-baked idea, you can outsell failure, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think is true. You know, if you have a solid, a solid, you know, solid idea or solid business, you know, and, and great offerings, you can outsell certain things, but not right. everything. Right. And I realized like through that phase that once I pulled myself slowly out of operation, my team was doing so much better too. <laughs> <laughs> So I was just getting in their way. <laughs> what, what, uh, what kind of lesson was that? I mean, you know, we're, we're both on the younger side. I think you're a little younger. Yeah. Like you said, 25. It, it's an interesting yeah. lesson to learn getting out of the way and seeing how, how people step in or sometimes improve. Yeah, I think in my head, I was always thinking like, you know, I'm, this is my business. This is how it should be done. Um, this is what's best for our clients. So I was kind of stuck in that mindset. And then I realized like when, you know, you bring on really good A A plus type of uh, members to your team, you just really got to step away from from their pathway, I guess, for the lack of a word. Um, So, you know, hire good people and just get out, (laughs) get out of the way. (laughs) What? What's one thing you know now you wish you had known at the beginning of the wander journey? Um, I wish I had a co-founder early on, um, someone who was going to be um, as invested as I was in growing wander, um, helping me on the operation side. Um, at the moment, I, I have that person now. I wish I found her a little bit earlier on because that would have saved me so much um, time, energy, and uh, sleep as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> What's one piece of advice you'd give yourself knowing what you know now? If it's different than what do you wish you'd known? Let's see. That's a tough question. <laughs> one piece of advice that I would tell myself. I think it's um, probably to go out and meet more people. I think I was very shy from that. Um, when I was starting out, like, especially as a freelancer, I was like, Oh, like I don't need to meet anyone. I can find all my clients online. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really placed a lot of value in networking events. Um, but, and I really shied away from it, but now I realize how valuable that is. And I try to go like, I don't know, like two to three times a week now. So <laughs> I wish I knew earlier on to do that. So I think that's like an advice that I would have given myself. And, out. and trying to live it at least more now. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's a founder that you admire and why? And just whoever comes to mind, because I'm sure you have more than one. Blake Mikoski. Uh, he's the founder of Tom's. Um, I, so I read through his book, uh, which is called... Uh, one second it was a really good book um one of my favorites but it's been a while since i've read it start something that matters so um 
the book just talks about how and why he started Tom's Shoes. Um, and I absolutely love his philosophy around why he started this company and the type of work that they do now. Um, so he went off to Argentina um, after competing in the, the amazing race. He didn't win. And um, he created these shoes that were just supposed to be like simple and comfortable. Um, and for every pair of shoes that someone buys, they will donate a pair of shoes to someone in need. Um, so for one, like I love that philosophy. Like you can be a for-profit company and still do, um, you know, non-profit type of work. Um, but the other part of that that really resonated with me was his whole philosophy of minimalism. He basically sold, um, you know, most of his belongings, and he just said that like, whenever you have more things that's when your happiness kind of diminishes because you have to start worrying about taking care of the things that you own. Um, when you own less things, you have less worry towards your valuable items and more, um, more focus on what truly makes you happy. Um, so I, I just, I, I love all of that, what he said in the book and his whole philosophy around, um, you know, starting something that matters and then uh, just, keeping a minimalistic lifestyle. Um, what's, what's the next big milestone you're focused on? Um, my next big milestone, a couple of things. Uh, one, as I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to get to a point where I can step away from the com company. Um, and once I hit that point, like I want to start my own podcast as well. Um, and uh, also be I'm a content creator. Um, I think that's kind of like the next milestones for me personally. In terms of with Wander, um, um, with Wander, like we want to definitely expand some of our services. Like I said, we're now trying to fundraise for our clients, um, and then we're going to go fundraise um, uh, ourselves as well. Um, and um, I mean, it would be nice to. Uh, grow our team too but that's not like a must do it's more so like if we get the types of cl uh, clients and growth then yeah obviously our team will grow yeah um and then i would love to have one of our clients get acquired like have that sort of as an achievement of one of the of the clients you've worked with yeah. I mean, all of the clients that we've worked with, we do a lot of ground up projects. So they're very, very early stage. Um, so I would love for one of them to, to get acquired. And this is just like a personal interest because it sounds like you haven't started the equity investment piece yet. Yeah. It's more of a personal interest. What interests you about it? Um, I mean, for one, like, you know, all the projects that we work with, work on, uh, we put in so much effort into them that, like, it'd be nice to know, like, yes, like, they really succeeded and we were part of that success. Um, you know, like, we don't ever want to see any of our clients fail. That's horrible. And we would take, you know, a lot of blame on ourselves, too, like, because we really pride ourselves that, you know, we want to help startups um, build their strong foundations. And if they fail, then that, that partly falls back on us. Sure. I can imagine, I can imagine how you align with that. 
and that's partly re- one of the reasons why like we want to go and fundraise and, and invest into our clients because it's since we're putting in this much effort you know might as well get a piece of the action yeah put some skin in the game yeah you know it might it might be uh it might help you get in with certain clients if you if you make offers that are you know equity and right. you know maybe less like a discount here or something like that yeah i'm sure yeah. there's a yeah, we did that with one of our clients. So the partnerly that you saw on my um, personal website, they were yeah. our first equity project that we've ever done. What's something you learned recently that blew your mind? Something that I learned recently that blew my mind. Um, so I was, this past month, I, I just spent um, traveling through China and Indonesia and uh, Bali in particular. I was there for two weeks. And I, I met a, a phenomenal group of digital nomads there. There's a huge community of digital nomads in Bali. And I think it just kind of blew my mind a bit about how little you need to be really happy. Um, like, these guys are, like, and they're, they're spending anywhere from 300 to $500 a month um, on rent in a like, beautiful villa um, in you know, they're all so happy just like being there surfing and hanging out with other digital nomads. And then I'm just like thinking to myself, like, holy shit, like I'm always, uh, sorry if I'm not supposed to swear in your podcast, but I'm no, like, swear away. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, I'm paying so much to be in Los Angeles. And for what? Like, it's not making me any happier being in LA. Actually, I much prefer to be surfing every day and, you know, living in the heat in Bali and, Know, living a more minimalistic lifestyle um, so I think that was where I was a little bit shocked at like how like little you really need to to be happy the, the last question and something I like to close with is for people that are listening what's the best way for them to find you to follow you online uh, as um, I'm sure that you know that's something that you'd like to do sure. especially being in the digital world yeah um, so I have my company website, which is www.wanderagency.com. That's spelled W-A-N-D-E-R agency.com. My personal website, which is ginnyo.com. That's spelled J-I-N-N-Y-O-H.com. Awesome. Well, this has been really good. I I really appreciate, you know, getting you on the the phone and, and talking to you about what you're working on. It sounds like you're doing a lot and I'm very excited to follow along. Uh, in your work. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Founder's Mind. On the next full episode, I have Emily Best, founder of Seed and Spark, a crowdfunding and media subscription platform for independent filmmakers. Listen in next week to learn how Emily saw a gap in fundraising and the lack of diversity in media and is all in on fixing it. To make sure you don't miss any awesome wisdom from the guests of The Founder's Mind, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and follow along on social at The Founder's Mind. You can also find more information about guests, their book recommendations, and other insights on thefoundersmind.com. I look forward to sharing future episodes with you all, and don't forget, rating and reviewing The Founder's Mind means a lot, and it's greatly appreciated. Until next time, take care. In a world going-
went through all of this insanity and try to bring new ideas, make them a reality. Illuminate in the thoughts, make it a priority to implement what you learn, what you get is what you be. In a world full of noise, hard to find that clarity to try to lead subtly, never full of vanity and try to change something small or try to change humanity. Power forward through the dark, founder's mind is what you see.